Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast from all around the country. I get comments all the time of people who uh, are blessed by what they're hearing and find it very helpful. If you happen to be one of those people and you can never visit North Shore Vineyard in person, but you would like to consider donating to financially support what we're doing, we sure would appreciate it. So visit NorthShoreVineyard.org and you can clip on, click on the tab that says Donate. Even if it's five or ten bucks, anything could help us. So we really appreciate your support. Today's message is from Shane Blau, my associate pastor. He's talking about reflections on following Jesus. A really good message. So let's head to the talk, North Shore Vineyard. Kristen got with me a few weeks ago and asked me to speak. I'm, I'm used to speaking. Um, it's always different and new. I've, there's something I've never really been comfortable with. My, you know, I've since I've been about 20, I've I've preached. Uh, I would dare to say over 100 sermons, each one extremely different in different places in my life. Um, I, it's really cool because I have a bunch of journals from back in the day. I used to do a lot of writing. That it's amazing to go back and look at yourself just 10, 15 years ago. It's also crazy to realize that I've been a Christian for as long. It hit me just this week. It's going on 18 years that I've been a Christian now and and following Jesus, pursuing this idea of what life is, following Jesus. How does that look? How does that work? Where do I find myself in it? And so when Crispin asked me to to do this, um, I I, I wanted to talk from that vantage point. One, first of all, worship was in awesome like you don't even need me to speak really (laughs) Um, just that whole theme that they put together um, I hope you're paying attention you'll probably get more of that worship than you will this Um, really just you know the the presence of God is what we're going after yes really it's not personalities it's not gifting and talents these are good things that the body can have and we enjoy um, but what we're going after is the presence of God, the realness of God, the truth of God, the love of God, and how do we display that and the reality that we walk in day in and day out. Yes? So that, that's what we're, let, let, you know, I know this is a very open church. We're very laid back, and I love this community for that. Um, but ultimately, God is the vocal point of everything that we do and everything that we seek. And, and it's just crazy that I can now measure 18 years of my life doing one thing. I haven't done one thing consistently for three years, probably. So this is the longest thing I've been doing, and I'm, and I'm very proud and happy of that. And it has been, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride. And if you're truly following Jesus, if you're really going after him, you're going to go down that ride. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be bumpy. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be life-giving, sometimes life-taking, it feels like. It is a journey of unknowns and instability at times, but the one facet that remains and the one thing that is true is the presence and the love of God. It's that simple, folks. I love theology. I love 
books. I love hearing other people's opinions. I love discussion. I love it. It is healthy and it is good. But the thing that we're going after, the only thing that gives life is Christ and the presence of God. Yeah? And, you know, we live in a time, it really, you know, we, we, we kind of highlight this time as being a volatile time, a time of division, all these things. The truth is, it's been like this for as long as creation has gone on. Civilizations have gone at wars. The oppressed and the ones under the oppressed, the haves, the have-nots, people using religion to benefit themselves and people trying to use religion to do good. This is the struggle and the toil of humanity. It's the same story through every civilization, through every time period. And as believers in Christ, as people seeking Christ, the reason we're following Christ, and the reason Christ even came for that matter, was to simplify this life for us, to bring a clarity that all could see and all could hear and all could engage and all could be touched, no matter where they were, who they were. God is in love with humanity. God still so loves the world. <laughs> yeah? Jesus didn't come. He didn't die. And then we just kind of go back to what it was, but now we have a different face and a name to put to it. God is still in love with humanity. God is wanting to draw us in closer and closer every day to understand his purposes and his will and his character, his nature. And so in writing this, it's a little different. I don't know if I really call this a sermon. It's more of a reflection of the last 18 years. And just some key things that I've walked away from of being a follower of Jesus. And hopefully intentionally. And hopefully with purity. And hopefully with, with a desire to do what's right. And not to be self-seeking and self-promoting and self-justified. Does that make sense? These are all the things we run into in walking with Jesus. We have to confront these things in us. Jesus is constantly confronting us, not to hurt or destroy, but to build up so that we can see clear. So we can see clear and live in purpose and live in joy and peace and satisfaction. But this only comes from the presence of God. Not a theology, not an idea, not great organizations that we build out of Christianity, not cathedrals, not $100 million buildings, not awesome curriculum, not awesome worship. These things are amazing in their importance, but they have to be put in its place around what is the purpose of what we're doing. We're going for the presence, and the presence of God isn't hiding from us like we have to achieve it. The presence of God is constantly open to us, calling us, beckoning us, if you will, day in and day out. But it's calling us to get out of ourself, to get out of our senses, to get out of our mind and our emotions for a moment and realize the truth of what life really is. And that truth for a lot of people is different based on where you're at, where you were born, what you look like. In reality, yes, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 we, we see it every day. But Christ is prejudiced to none of these things. He still comes with an invitation for all. He still is captivated by his creation. And the invitation is not just for a religious experience. It is not just for a cultural experience. It is for a life-changing, life-giving experience. We see this occasionally, love with our spouses, love with our children. And that's amazing, but it goes beyond that. And how much, can it, how much more can it be than that? That's my question, and that's what I want to know and I want to discover.
And I'm glad we're all here doing this together in honesty and realness. And I love each and every one of you for that. That was a very long intro. <laughs> so today I'm going to br quickly, quickly, quickly. I got just a few minutes, so I might do this a little different and kind of just read. So when I wrote this out, it, it's really a reflection of, of some thoughts that I have. Nothing more than that. So take these thoughts and think about them. If you don't, that's fine, too. Um, perhaps this will help you. Perhaps it will bear some truth with you. But I'm just going to kind of just read through some of these things so I don't get lost in rabbit trails that I'll create. Um, when thinking about this, I thought about Matthew 14, 22 through 33. I won't read it. It's on your bulletin. The story is they're doing some stuff, the disciples and Jesus. Uh, they got done dealing with some crowds, doing some really cool stuff. And Jesus says, go get in the boat and go ahead and just head on where you're going to go. I'm going to go up into the mountains. I'm going to pray for a minute, as he often did. And so these guys are hanging out with Jesus. They're doing the Jesus thing. They're following him. They just got done seeing some really cool miracles, and they heard some really awesome truths, and they're obeying Jesus. Get in the boat and just go. I'm going to go pray. Well, that's easy enough until they get in the boat. And on his command where he sends them, they run into some very natural problems, yeah? Just natural things like weather. And the boat's being capsized, and people are freaking out. They're screaming. Um, and it's just a chaotic scene. And, and I'm sure they're wondering, why did Jesus send us this way? Why would he tell us to get in this boat and to go somewhere if it's going to cause us problems, if it's going to interrupt our life and, and literally scare us to death? So that's what's going on. And then it says that Jesus, we got done praying, he comes walking on the water. That's crazy. They freak out and they think it's a ghost. Um, so, you know, uh, Jesus calls out and he says, do not be afraid. It is me. Peter, of course, is saying, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come and I will come and he says, come, Peter, and he gets out the boat. That's awesome. That's bravery. That took a level of faith. And, and it says that he, he looked away for a moment, and, and he began to sink, and Jesus immediately grabbed him and said, why do you have such little faith? Why do you doubt me, Peter? And he picked him up, and they get back in the boat, and hoorah, Jesus saved the day. The weather goes away, and they're like, you're the son of God. That's this whole thing. And, and in reading that story, there's a lot you could pull out of that. For me, I just pulled a few things. That one, following Jesus is not supposed to be comfortable. We live in a, in a world where Christianity is portrayed as the Facebook, Pinterest life. Everything's wonderful. God's going to bless you and money's going to flow in. You're going to look great. You're going to feel great. Take your supplement pill and go on about your day. Ignore reality. When following Jesus, he will call you to walk on water sometimes, to trust him so completely that if you were to take your eyes off of him, you will sink. This is totally missed in our self-made, wealth-driven culture. We spend our whole lives trying to build a kingdom of protection so we never have to fully rely on God or anyone else in any area of our lives. Yet Jesus is constantly inviting us to trust him with all of our mess. He's always calling us to take risks and to live big and beautiful lives that are pointing people to him. There is nothing comfortable about trust or risk. It's really hard. It's really hard to be vulnerable. But I have discovered that I can trust Christ. I have found that Christ is faithful. 
And in 18 years, when I look back and through some of the chapters of my life, some good, some bad, I have seen the inevitable love of God over and over again, compounding through me and on me, building me up, tearing away the things that need to be torn, healing the insecurities and the inadequacies. David Plate put it like this in his book, Taking Back Your Faith from the American Dream. If you get a chance to read it, dude, it's good. Obedience to Christ is not easy. It's not comfort. It's not health, not wealth, and not prosperity in this world. Obedience to Christ risks losing all things, but in the end, such risk finds a reward in Christ, and he is more than enough for us. It's talking about the present of God. Crispin has been talking about idolatry a little bit, and it's been really wrecking my world, making me look at some things a little different. I never looked at them, and it's not a legalistic, religious, beat you down type thing. It's just an honest look at what do you value more than the presence of God? What do we value more than truth? Is it our politics? Our own personal belief systems? Our status? Our image? Our jobs? Our titles? Our fame? Our acceptance? These are all not bad things. But when replaced, when put in the place of the presence of God, they become idols that steer and skew our vision, our perception of what reality is. And when that happens, we are less effective in that reality. And the purpose of us in our existence, one, not the full, but for me, we are called to be reconcilers of this world. We are called to bring healing to bring the presence through our lives, through our personality, through our nature, through our giftings and talents. Not be religious, but I'm talking about bringing the presence. Just like this morning, you, you, you see this band that is so diverse up here, just doing what they love, being who they are, using their gifts, and we benefit because the presence of God in that. That's what it means to share, to be a witness. It's not being someone that is forceful or someone that is self-promoting or someone that is completely right, but it's being someone that is so vulnerable and honest with the love of God that when people encounter you and inhabit you, there's something that they can feel and sense that is so welcoming and warm that you're willing to let down your stereotypes, your barriers. And great things can happen there. Number two, I found following Jesus teaches us to see how broken our world is. If you're following Jesus, it's going to force you to open your eyes to reality. I don't know how Christians, I, I, I don't want to say this wrong. I li I'm, I'm a very, I'm mostly happy person. <laughs> I love joy. But, man, when you, when you, if you're honest and we look at what's around us, it takes you out of yourself. And it calls you into something bigger and more. And the invitation to be in that with Christ, he said, if you want my glory, you will share my suffering. Which makes the suffering all the more bearable. Because there's a purpose to it and there's a realness to it that is bringing life. When you get your hands dirty, serving the least of these of this world, your heart will break in a way you never knew possible. It will open 
in a way you never knew possible. Following Jesus is going to lead you to take some major steps. It's going to open your eyes to people struggling to make it. It's going to take away the options of returning to a comfortable, self-centered existence with the tension of knowing you could have chose to be a difference maker every single day. Again, another great quote from Katie Davis, who is the author of a story of relentless love and redemption. She says it like this, and it's perfect. It may take place in a foreign land, or it may take place in your own backyard, but I believe that we were each created to change the world for someone, to serve someone, to love someone the way that Christ first loved us, to spread his light. This is a dream, but it's a possible one. And it is when you live in the presence of God and you live seeking truth, it doesn't make things easier. In fact, it makes them harder. It creates a tension that you cannot get rid of. And perhaps it will always be there. I don't know. But I've in, in my life, I've done, you know, I've had a nonprofit helping homeless people for five years. I've always kind of been community oriented and um, in, in working in that world. Um, and that it has changed me completely, completely. When you see a man who is 50 years old and you're holding him and he's crying on you and he's overwhelmed by his 30 years of bad decision-making and drug addiction and, and, and he's crying because his kids want nothing to do with him and it's just hopeless. It's heavy to be in, yes. But I'm telling you, when you submit yourself to be, and I'm not saying you should, everyone is called into that. I'm not saying that you need to go out and surround yourself in that. What I'm saying is, though, no matter what part of your life or what sphere of influence you are in, when you open yourself to the willingness to be Christ in this world and to submit yourself to Christ in this world, you will be put in some situations where you will see some miraculous things happen. They don't all work out, but for a brief moment, that person had comfort. For a brief moment, that person had care. Maybe they never received it in their life before. We're not saviors of the world. We're just participators in it. You don't have to have a Jesus complex. There's only one Savior. There's only one Holy Spirit, and he is doing the work in the deepness of each person's heart that we are not to interfere with. We are there to invite and create an environment of love and acceptance and of truth. Yes? Good. Y'all all right? The last thing I put down was this. Following Jesus requires, unfortunately, a constant faith. This is an obvious one, but in reality, it is the hardest part of this journey. You know, it's Paul the Apostle, the Apostle, the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, wrote, I have fought the good fight of faith. I fought to believe over and over and over again. Believe me, folks, I have been there when the bank account has no money and I tithe. I have been there when I have prayed for a sick person and they died. I have been there when I have told someone that God will, is with you and will fix your problems and it didn't work out the way we thought it would work out. I have been there and have felt like a phony and a liar at times and wondering, God, where are you at? You said, 
or I thought I heard you say, or I thought you meant it like this. I've been there. But over and over again, in those moments, that's where if I can get past my logic and my mind, if we can get past our feelings and our expectation that we were going to make God move like this. We're not him. We are not God. We do not control him. We do not perform miracles like, you know, magicians. We are called just to be available and open and aware of the moment that we are in. And allow the Spirit of God do what it, to do what He does. The Bible says that some plant, some water, some reap. But in this culture, we think we're only winning if we get a certain result. No, it's not about winning. It's about serving. It's about being there. It's about being available. It's about being conscious of what the Spirit of God is doing. And the way that we have to do that is through following Jesus as he rips these layers off of us of self-consciousness. As he rips away our own fears, our own desires, as he, as he removes us to a great degree, as we decrease and he increases, there's a newfound confidence and reality that we understand. I've never experienced God in the physical form or in an audible voice. And sometimes I feel that he is distant. And what I dare to say, even invisible to me at times, just being honest, you will come to those seasons where, God, where are you? The whole point of faith is that we are trusting in something we cannot see or prove, though. Following Jesus means trusting that better things are ahead, that even in the biggest of storms, God is there. He's always coming through and sometimes in ways we never expected. That is called faith. Believing that even in the deepest of pain, better things will come. It's just hard. I can't tell you why life is troublesome and hard. But I can tell you that there is a peace with God that passes all understanding. That if you're willing to put your trust and faith in him, incredible things will happen in your life. You will find strength. You will find hope. You will find a clarity. You will find a guiding light in yourself that you never knew was there before. It's real as well. I know it's easy in this environment after such an amazing moment of worship and you feel the presence. This isn't where you have to practice this. It's when you walk out those doors and the world you walked out of, you're walking right back into and nothing has changed. Maybe you're walking back into sickness. Maybe you're walking back into financial insecurity. Maybe you're walking into a situation that you have no control of, but it's controlling your entire life. There Jesus is in the storm. And he asks us such a crazy question. Why do you doubt? And I don't know. <laughs> you know better than me, God. But it's not a condemnation, why do you doubt? The same way I would look at my child and say, I will be there tomorrow. And she asks me 30 times, and she does do that. I want to understand, you don't have to question my affection, my, my, my drive, my purpose for you.
And other times, it might not feel like enough faith. So whether you're in a place of great faith or a place of lack of faith, both are okay. God is not offended by that. God is with you before we were ever with him. God is seeking you when we are not seeking him. God is hearing you when you are not hearing him. The choice, though, all he asks and all he requires is that we believe. And that is tough. God made one thing, right? This, this, there's only one thing in this whole, just believe, right? Faith. It's like this one thing that he wants more than anything. More than anything. It's faith. And it's because it's hard. We can have faith that the world's not going to work out. We have faith that our politics are going to fail us. We speak about it all the time. We have faith that our job might not work out. We have faith that this person's going to screw up again, that has been screwing up for 30 years. It's easy to have faith in the broken things, in the hard things. It becomes a reality. God is willing to elevate our mind and our thoughts and our sight to a place, to a perception where we see the, all the possibilities of goodness. And in that, when we see them and we grasp hold of them, guess what? We get to be a participant in creating that goodness. And that's what the purpose of God is. That looks a thousand different ways in a thousand different places, but it's still the goodness of God. Just, just know that the struggle is a part of the journey. If you're not struggling, I'm pretty sure you're probably not on the journey. Struggle is a part of it. Embrace it. Welcome it. Learn to master it. And you can and you will. And as a community of people seeking, no matter where you're at in here today, whether you believe in God, whether you don't believe in God, it, to be in this space, to be in this place, that's irrelevant. This is for all intents and purposes, the house of God and all are welcome. Come with your mess, come with your baggage, come with your fear, come with your doubts, but come. Constantly go to the presence of God. Never cease to pray. Never cease to seek him. He may not answer you the way you want when you want. We are a culture of instant gratification. I'm sure you know. But it's in the waiting. It's in that tension where we are formed. I want what's real, man. I don't want 18 years of my life to be I'm just following an idea. That's just a good idea. For me, it's always been God. Either you are or you are not. That's how I live. And it's awful sometimes. <laughs> I wish I was a little looser in that regard. But I am. But when I look at creation, we're in a blue ball spinning in nothingness. Everything designed to perfection. You are perfect in every way. I mean, you look at this structure and this setup, man, and it screams of the goodness of God. It screams of the intention of God. It screams of the beauty of God. Even the things that cause devastation, hurricanes, volcanoes, these phenomenons that awe us, scream of 
the power and, and, and the intensity, we just shouldn't build around them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So today, in, in ending with this, I invite you to reflect on your own journey and to remember how God has walked with you, how he's embraced you, how he's provided for you, how he has loved you the whole way through. And I'm thankful that we're on this journey together. I'm very, very thankful for this community, this community, every one of you in one way or the other. The vibe you have created, the atmosphere you have helped create it has saved my spiritual life over and over and over again. Because when I couldn't see God, you showed me God. When I couldn't hear God, I heard God. And thank you for that. So today, I want to bless you. I want to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, um, just come up to the front and we'll pray together. If you're struggling in your mind and your emotions, let's go to God with it. Perhaps he will do a miracle today. Perhaps it will be something we have to continue to walk through together. But we will do it together. Unity in the body is what Christ wants for his body. Crispin is saying some really good stuff right now. I hope we're all listening. I hope we're all listening to what the Spirit is saying. There is more than what we know. There is more than what we understand. And God is bigger than our plans and our ways and our thoughts and our ideas. And it challenges me every day. I wish God liked the things that I liked and hated the things that I hate. But he doesn't. And we live in this tension. And I need to live in it with people that are on the journey. And so do you. This is a very serious thing in my life. I, I'm very, I don't have really any serious things that go on in my life other than this. How I got here 18 years later, I have no idea. I have no idea. But I'm thankful that God has been faithful, and I'm thankful that God has been patient, and that his promise is that he will continue to be. So I love you guys. Let me close you all in prayer. Lord. Here we are, your creation, your people, and we choose to believe, God, and we choose to accept that you are good, and you are loving, and you are with us even when we cannot see nor hear. God, open our eyes to understand the ways that you live and you work in us. Open our ears to hear. Humble our hearts and our mind. I pray that each person here, Lord, experiences the presence of God, experiences your life-givingness. And for those who are in here struggling today, Lord, I pray that they feel overwhelmed by the fact that they are wanted and needed and that they are not less than any other, that we rally around each other in spirit and truth, that we are seekers of truth in your presence. Bless your people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right.
I do have to get home in the next 17 minutes for kickoff. So, love you guys. Have a good one. Get out. <laughs>